Hello and welcome back to the That's My Sister show. I am Tierra and that's my sister Lenora. Hey, hey, hey. Today we have an interesting topic as we do every week, I feel. Interesting topics. But um, a new movie has hit the... Has hit the theaters, has hit the streaming services, and it's called Hunk for Jesus. And it's a comedic satire of a megachurch pastor and his wife. And the pastor goes through a scandal that um, takes his congregation from thousands of members down to a puny, puny number. And it's looking at their efforts to re-energize the ministry and to get things back to where they were in, before the scandal hit. And so we're not necessarily going to talk about Hunt for Jesus. I personally am not very enthused to see the movie. Are you going to see the movie, Lenore? Probably not. I'm on my set tires. Got you. So yeah, we aren't necessarily going to talk about the movie, but the movie per provided a great subject for us to discuss, which is pastors and scandal and their ministries and how a lot of times, especially I believe more so like in the black church, we have in America seen so many pastors and not, I can't even just say America because there was Hillsong, that's Australia. There's pastors in Africa, Europe that we've heard about, but, um, Oftentimes, when we hear about a pastor going through a scandal, sometimes even when the pastor admits to participating in said scandalous behavior, however he's found out or she is found out, a lot of times those pastors may do an apology. They may say like, yeah, I'm going to go to counseling or I'm going to go to my spiritual leader, my spiritual father or mother per se and you know, they're going to counsel me through this, but they don't necessarily take a break from ministering. They pretty much keep it moving. They, a lot of times they're back at church the next Sunday, they're back in whatever rotation they were doing. And a lot of times you see their congregation sticking with them, unless it's something like truly major, you see those same folks showing up, you see, you know, that uh, dedicated core that is standing behind their pastor, standing behind their, you know, with their ministry, despite the fact that they are fully aware of non-biblical or scandalous behavior being done by the said leader. So, Lenore, why do you think pastors are able to do this some pastors are able to do this now some some churches do have like we just had a a pastor in the U.S. who uh, was found to his board found him having inappropriate email um, interactions with a woman who is not his wife and he was asked to step down and have a seat because of that and his you know his board made that decision for him But why do you feel overarchingly that this is something that is pretty much the norm? You get a pastor who's found out in sinful behavior or scandalous behavior, he confesses to it, or there's so much proof that you know it's the truth and 
the pastor is still able to continue doing what he does? Um, number one, I feel like there is like a lack of accountability because all of these, all of these different churches are like small. Uh, but some are like small businesses, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, so they don't, they don't have like any kind of, any kind of accountability, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like that person's LLC, like that's their business or whatever the heck, mm-hmm. however they set up. They're they're five hundred one three C, so they don't have a board that can tell them goodbye or tell them to sit down. Like it's not like the old school church was back in the day. Um, I think that number one is one of the reasons why. They don't sit down because it's their bread and butter and they what else are they going to do? Their skill set is pretty much hustling people out of their money. So that's what they're going to keep doing. And um, I I don't I don't I don't know. Like my view on church is so different now from what it used to be like growing up Mm -hmm. because I've seen like the evil and the greed and like all of that like personally Mm -hmm. um so I just I don't know it's just it's a sour spot in my stomach because I don't feel like these pastors have like the holy fear of God to even stay stay right to begin with Mm -hmm. and the things that they're getting caught doing are more more often than not literally taking advantage of their flock in some Mm -hmm. way shape or form even like if that flock came to them or you know however it started or whatever the fact that they capitalized on that situation um in order to benefit themselves is just wrong it's just wrong and I feel like the holiness and the the respect for God over helping themselves is just never it's it's not there in so many situations um and the only reason that people apologize is because they get caught they get not caught. because they feel that they're sorry or they want to stop doing the evil that they're doing or anything like that uh, and so it's really unfortunate in one way and then in, in the second way is a lot of the people in the church like you know they say the church is a hospital but they keep attending because one, it could just be that they're genuinely forgiving and they're they're cool with like the fact that they feel like the person that's over it is is genuinely sorry for what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two, they have been mentally abused and manipulated so long they don't even see that they still being hustled into staying, you know, still. Mm-hmm. And so that's sad. And then there's also that whole inner bullying thing that happens in the church where the leadership of the church is like a part of this crew, this gang, and then they they mentally pressure anyone that's leaving um, mm-hmm. or, you know, they treat people that are leaving in, in, a, in a way like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? Like, that is such a bad thing. So people mm-hmm. stay so that they're not a part of, of gossip or looked down on or they want to be a part of the cool crew so bad that they 
you know, overlook things or they overlook poor treatment of individuals. It's just a host of things that happen in the church. It's just not right. I like, think it's all all interconnected. So yeah. we'll, put pin, we'll put a pin in the congregation. I want to go back to the um, pastor or whoever the leader is. And um, you made some good points about why they're able to continue in what they're doing. And one of the things that I think too, that we as a culture have started to doing, I feel that we, we put celebrity on a pedestal to where they pedestal where they can do no wrong somewhat, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So like, especially someone in that, um, role it's very it can be very persuasive when you're in a worship service and you feel the anointing of God and you know the these men and, and women who've gotten to that status you know they they know how to work a crowd they know how to you mm-hmm. know play to your emotion or play to the mood of the room and when you're in that space you know sometimes I feel like we can give more praise to the uh to the messenger than we do to the lord so when someone like that confesses to a sin or confesses to um behavior that's not seemly for someone in that position i think we give more grace which we necessarily shouldn't do but we are more I, I feel like we're quicker to forgive, especially if that's our our home pastor or, you know, he's my favorite pastor or, you know, and we can excuse it away, I think, easier. Or if it's something where maybe they got caught and they were forced to, well, they're just making him, you know, they set him up or, you know, just different things that we do because we felt the anointing. We felt God through that person and we don't. We can't equate the two together. So it's like, well, how can I, you know, say that my pastor who I've been receiving the word from for all these years now comes out that he's been like committing adultery and has a whole nother family and has, you know, kids in another state like that, you know, how can I jive that? So I'm going to, you know, block it, you know, or say that the devil's busy and working, you know, just we are quicker to explain it away. And so I feel like they're able to keep it up because people make the way easier for them to do what they've been doing. Whereas I feel any other profession, they would be fired. They would be, you know, chased out of whatever industry that they were in. And then even some pastors who are fired or who are chased out, they're able to like come back and build another ministry. Okay. I can't be at church a anymore. I'm going to build church B and people from church a will come over to church B because they want to be with this dynamic person. So I feel that's, that's part of it. And then my, cause my other thought too, even segueing into the congregation, cause I kind of touched on it with that is we are part of a religion that is built on forgiveness and love. And so some people use that forgiveness and love to say, oh, you know, we forgive you, pastor, or, you know, 
we know you're sorry, you know, keep doing what you do. And we don't necessarily, like you said, have that accountability piece there also. So, you know, we do it with our children. We may forgive them and love them, but they still have to be accountable for their actions. You're not just going to let them, you know, run amok just because you love them and you forgive them when they do make mistakes. You're going to teach them how to not make the same mistake again. And there's consequences for your actions. And I feel like the consequence piece is missing. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like when you're genuinely a part of a church and you're a part of a community, it's like, it's not hard. It's not easy to leave mm-hmm. because you have relationships with people right. that like are a part of your life. You know, they're a part, you serve together and you love them. And like, mm-hmm. especially in a big, big church, it's not easy to just, okay, so my pastor did this. So yeah, I'm about to leave. And you already know when you leave that everybody's going to stop talking to you. Like mm-hmm. nobody gives a crap if you, as long as you go to the church, then you are, you know, a member and people talk to you and they keep up with you and they say what's going on. But the moment you leave, it's like crickets because everyone's <laughs> afraid because you've been excommunicated because you love, you know what I mean? So right. that's not always easy, especially when you have kids or you have a husband, like you have family involved Mm. um people are very loyal and the way the body of christ treats one another is not it's not uh, the best but i i i will say everyone's human too Mm -hmm. um but i do feel like that too that that's another piece like there needs to be there needs to be yeah like some statute of responsibilities like if and when this happens then these are the repercussions and you know this is how we're gonna hold you to this standard Mm -hmm. but no that never happens and then the people that do ask questions or say stuff get fired and replaced by you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and I think that's still too part of like what you said too like it's their business and even some churches that may have governing boards or you know Uh, accountability pieces in place I feel like sometimes they do hide things or sweep things under the rug like even with the Hillsong Mm -hmm. that thing happened decades ago but because that pastor is the face or the founder or you know he's the centerpiece of the whole ministry people would fear that everything would fall apart if that piece is no longer there so if the piece is found to be faulty Oh, let's prop it up. Let's cover it up. Let's, you know, sweep around it so that, you know, we don't lose everything that we've built on top of this centralized piece. Right. And then there was also the father-son manipulation, well, relationship, defense relationship. Mm-hmm. I believe that the son really loves the father. He was right, trying. but it's, it, again, mm-hmm. if there's right accountability things were in place it would have stopped decades ago and right. he would have been fired and you know they would have had to you know figure it out. he probably would have been in jail but you know it's just how we do I feel because we have put the emphasis on the wrong thing we put mm-hmm. more emphasis on the messenger than the actual message that's good mm-hmm. so another thought and question there are like We've been talking about pastors messing up and pastors and leaders of ministries and um, 
people in these roles, they are human beings. Mm -hmm. And so we all sin, we all fall short. We all have moments where, hey, if somebody found out about something that we've done, we, you know, might be in the same precarious position, but these people have more notoriety and uh, people are more aware of their actions. So like maybe a pastor had a genuine moment where they were human and they slipped up and they are genuinely sorry and they genuinely you know go to God and want and look for uh, forgiveness for him and take the steps I don't know whatever counseling or whatever is needed for them to get themselves back right with God do you feel like someone who's in that position should be able to continue doing what they're doing like if it was something scandal worthy, like maybe they did have an affair, maybe they did get the girl pregnant, but they were, you know, they're truly contrite. They truly are working through with their marriage. They're going to marital counseling. They've got them accountability partners. They're doing everything they need to do so that they can I don't think not they fall into be, sin again. I don't know if they should be a leader. I mean, it's people that sin and go through adultery all the time in the congregation, but they're not leading people and trying to show people the way to Christ. But that and could I be part like, of their testimony. Isn't that could that be a, something. Isn't there a scripture that says that for the priest that it, it's like right. a, a come through with the word? Yes, it has to be. Yes, it needs to be. Come on. Yes. So measuring by the word, they would lose their position. All right. So gotcha. Legitimately, you could go sit in the in the seat. But why? <laughs> why do you need to congregate? But this is because my, maybe this they is, feel that they're called no, to preach. This I don't is their think calling. That's the case. Is, I think the case is the businesses their bread and butter. They have no. But other if, but for set. someone who is genuinely apologetic, for someone who's genuinely, no, you could be came, apologetic. Go join somebody else's church. You lost your job finding. But I, one. but I feel like the Lord called me to lead. He called me to pastor. But you messed up that opportunity. Somehow. But it was one moment in time yeah. and I've gone through the steps. It's like somebody who went to jail. Okay, yes, I did I did my time. I served yeah, my consequences. Why you, can't I when you steal from the 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 feds, you can't go to a bank and work after you got out of jail. Gotcha. Okay. When you're well, a pedophile, you didn't rape the kids, you cannot yes. live right. in the neighborhood next to a school. <laughs> gotcha. So, I mean, no. Well, I mean, these are some of the things I feel like people use as to legitimize them going back. And we're from the outside looking in. So there may be some pastors out there who are still pastoring who were truly contrite in what they did. No, you could be contrite, especially in them situations where it's molestation and things like that. Like, no, well, bro. Yes, that I'm talking more about like adultery, maybe a little theft, maybe you a know. little theft. I'm just saying it's not. No one was necessarily um, went through trauma as a result of their actions. I'm not excusing molestation, none of those things. I'm saying, you know, if it was someone who, you know, had a slip up and they are truly sorry. They could be sorry, but like I said, that I feel like you have the the weight of repercussions on what you're doing, according to the word, not even to what I say. Right, it needs to be more heavy if you decide to be a priest. How many times did I say that I don't want to be a minister? Don't ask. Right, right. Nobody minister. Right, because I already know. 
I right. can't be responsible for other people because <laughs> I'm not together over here. Okay. True. And that, and that is a great point, valid point. I think that a lot of, especially people who are not as seasoned in a walk with Christ and as well-versed in the word, a lot of preachers and teachers, I feel that they just, they're people who can speak good, speak well, and know how to, you know, work a crowd where I believe that some of the best preachers and teachers know how to exegete the text have, you know, maybe gone to seminary. So a lot of um, pastors and preachers don't necessarily take that route. They may go to seminary after they become a pastor or they may, you know, not really start studying the word or don't even know how to study the word. They might just be pulling scriptures. And so to research what it really means to be a pastor, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't pick up the role of pastor if they knew what it meant. And then like to your point, a, a lot of congregations and people who are in these ministries may be in there and not receiving what they need because they don't have a full pastor. They have a good preacher. They have a good orator. They have somebody that can, you know, work a crowd, work emotions, knows how to pray well. But when it comes down to pastoring, shepherding, watching over souls, they may not have that. And so when that piece isn't fully there, yes, there's going to be some leaks in the boat. So I agree. I agree. But yes, that's it's very interesting to me. I've always wondered, like, why do people stay in an environment where you know, where the person has admitted to the whatever it is that would under normal circumstances, make someone run the other way. You're going here for your spiritual nourishment. Right. And I've even heard people say, God didn't tell me to leave. But he didn't tell you to stay neither. So, <laughs> right. Which he, one is it? God gives you common sense, too. Right. Like, like, really? Duh. <laughs> Just because God didn't tell you to leave doesn't mean you, you can't leave. Oh, praise the Lord. It's like, it's crazy because I've heard people say that too like God didn't tell me to get the vaccine God didn't tell you to not get the vaccine either so Mm -hmm. which one is it like it's just so weird to me like we don't ask God should I brush my teeth today you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. but you're staying in a place where it's it's giving you mental anguish and and destroying you uh emotionally or the fact that a lot of people... Well, maybe they don't feel mental anguish. Maybe, maybe they don't feel destroyed. Maybe they feel fine. And they're just going somewhere where they know... I could not stomach and sit in a church where I knew a pastor was legitimately stealing from and taking advantage of people, like, stealing their money and, like, having them give their last and then he's mm-hmm. going and chartering boats and, like, well, they don't see it that way. They see like, it. I, I can stomach it. Well, that's you. Some of these other people, they don't view it that way. Their perspective is different as to why that is. But even some people, I feel like, like even with um, some ministers that are going around, like a Brian Carn, like I still don't understand why churches invite him to come and minister. 
when it's clear. It's friendship. This man. So I've seen that too. So I've has been in some where there's people that are like, "I'm gonna validate you. Don't worry. Like I don't. I don't want you to leave because because these all are our business people that understand that it's a very it's mm. a very specialized skill set. So yes. when you have done this your entire life, you don't have no school, no vocation, no nothing. This is all you know. This is the only way you have to make money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, but they, I understand why they keep wanting to go out. They but keep we keep inviting them in. Yes, because it's they keep showing only- up for them. If nobody showed up to the, uh, to the church service or to the conference or to the workshop, they would be forced to even go back to Burger King. Like right. we and show up they to validate. Wanna, so once you taste, you know, three, $400,000 a year, why would you go back to Burger King or even try, or you've been a face and a net, you've been on billboards, you've mm-hmm. been in all these places. Like, why would you go back to, I get it. I get it. I just, I'm more questioning us at this point. We're the people that are filling the seats. We're the people that. People like, I'm not even going to say church names, but this, this is why they up and move from one state to another and start a new church in another state with the money that they still have because it's fresh eyes, less scandal. Mm. People don't really know what happened the last time. So they're going to up and move gotcha. and try it, try it over here. Try it over here. See how it, how it works out. Uh, but yeah, like, it's tripped out. And the thing that, like, the people that are in Scandal, it's like, how am I going to, like, how could you marry me? And you've been through all the things you've been through. And, like, if, if I need counsel <laughs> or I need help, your advice is going to be stick it out. Because you got a wife that's been through three, four, five, six your adulteries that's still staying you know what I mean like that's not the best perspective to gotcha you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I don't know like in those cases I really do pray for the every time I hear or I see something it starts to make me mad because it makes one it makes us a mockery right like the Christians Mm -hmm. look at them and what they're they they do all the time and like you know people make fun of us and then they make movies like this um and my brain can't really take satires very well the last time I watched what was it sorry to bother you my Mm -hmm. brain was literally hurting like I couldn't I didn't see the comedy in it but it was it was like you know it's too Mm -hmm. much um so I'm sure this one is gonna be along the same lines where it's just like whoa you know Mm -hmm. and um I just I don't know it's just a sad place to be where this is what's happening in the world and you know we just keep it moving yeah, we the music is the music is great and you know right, I, I can pull on my emotions every single Sunday so yes well church watch and pray maybe check your own heart your own congregation your own pastor Maybe this conversation has awakened some questions in your own mind about where you may be or where you shouldn't be and who we've been validating and who we should be leaving alone. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you feel like it, go watch Hunt for Jesus.
let us know how it was because neither one of us will be watching it. <laughs> Tell us in the email or the comments. But yes, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you share it with a friend. Subscribe across your platforms so that you'll know when the new episodes hit and we will be back with more interesting conversation next week okay all right talk to you later bye guys